It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Wednesday to you. Not a bad one out there. And today is the return of New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell for Midweek with the Mayor. We'll talk with him in the 11 o'clock hour about a number of things that have gone on over the past couple of weeks, things that we haven't really had a chance to discuss with him. So we'll we'll catch up on that, and we'll talk about some new issues as well. And uh, until then, the phone lines are open for you. They're open for you then as well, of course, to talk to the mayor. But they're open throughout the show at 508-996-0500. And you also have the opportunity to send in app chat messages as well as open line voicemails through the WBSM app. So if you want to get involved that way, you can. Again, I know not everybody can call in, and sometimes you just want to have your voice heard. And uh, speaking of voices that we've heard for a long time, you heard Phil's announcement uh, this morning. And, um, you know, we will certainly talk more about it as it, as it goes along. And uh, I listen, I know he said that he's going to be filling in. I need some days off coming up in June, July, and August. So it would be an honor to have him step in and be on this program and talk with you. So I have a couple of paranormal jaunts I have to make. So that's that's what I use. You know, other people use vacation time to go on vacation. I use vacation time to go to weird places, which is kind of like my vacation. So, but I will, uh, I'll tell you all about those as I, you know, as I come back from them. If there, if, you know, if anything cool or important happens. Um, but yes, we got an app chat message from Yellowhead in New Bedford who says, Best of luck, Phil. You have been a blessing to listen to for many years. You are like the Alex Trebek of WBSM, irreplaceable. Enjoy your time with the family, and thanks for all you've done for the community. Cheers to you. And I would second that, except for one small part. Phil always had a way better mustache than Alex Trebek. And now he's got the goatee, and Trebek would never go full goatee. So Phil Phil rocks that facial hair much better than Alex Trebek. But uh, certainly we can talk about that if... You know, if you if you want to, the Alex Trebek versus Phil facial hair battle. I'm I could I could be willing to entertain thoughts on the other side, but I'm going to be firm in my decision that uh, Phil's got the better facial hair, and better than mine too. Anybody that's seen photos of me, you know, I have a beard. I was looking in the mirror yesterday, and I realized that the beard is almost completely white, while the hair is got little touches of gray. So I'm going to look really weird. Very soon, I'm sure, because I'm I'm not going to be a just for men in the beard guy. I I don't I don't have the the time or the patience to do that. Anyway, so there's some things that uh, we can certainly discuss. First of all, I want to point out an uh, an article that I wrote at wbsm.com and on the app yesterday that I just thought it was something that was interesting in the course of the Christmas tree shop talk that was going around. And it's just one of those dumb little things that was in my brain, that's been in my brain for years. And I said, I've got to 
get this out of my head somehow. Maybe one or two people will read about it and care about it, but I've got to get it out there. So with all of the discussion about what's going on with the Christmas tree shops, uh, filing bankruptcy, closing two of its stores, including what I would argue is probably its signature store. I know that some of the stores that have opened in more recent years have been less, uh, I'll say ostentatious, but that's not really the right word because it's it's a welcome ostentacity, ostentatiousness, I don't know. But it's, you know, people get excited for how a new a new um, Christmas tree shop will appear. But if you look at how they've come out in recent years, like the one at Patriot Place, it just sits there among Patriot Place. The one in Dartmouth, it just sits there among the other shops in that plaza. So it doesn't have the same kind of character that some of the other Christmas tree shops have had in the past. You know, the one in Hyannis has all of the the giant light bulbs all over it. Um, The one in, what's it, Marshfield. I don't know if it's Marshfield or Norwell or where, what line, you know, I'm not sure what the town lines are over there, but you can see it right on the side of Route 3. You know, that one has some some character to the outside of it. Uh, There's one that I know has a, a nautical theme. Even the one in Avon you know, had some character to it, even though it was, again, at the end of a, like a, a, another mall building. But I would say that arguably the signature store for the Christmas tree shop is the one at the base of the Sagamore Bridge, right? The, the thatched roof and the windmill. I don't know if you, I haven't been in there in forever. It's probably been 10 years since I've been in there, maybe. How old's my son? Going to be 19 next month. Yeah, probably about 10 years since I've been in there. You used to be able to like go and see, there was like a a plexiglass window that you could look in and see the inner workings of the windmill. And the inside of it, you know, had a certain feel to it. I, I mean, I used to like going there. I just stopped going there because I never really found anything that I wanted in there. I would go because, you know, my wife wanted to go shopping there or because I was looking for a particular item that I knew that they had from the circular or something, but it just stopped being my go you know, a go-to place for me to shop. And I think for a lot of people or else, you know, they wouldn't be filing bankruptcy and closing. And now, of course, being owned by Bed Bath & Beyond and all of that, you know, kind of factors into it. But it was, I if you would ask me which Christmas tree shop had the best survival rate, I would have said without a doubt the Sagamore one. I would have said that's going to be the last one to close. The rest of them are going to ship all of their merchandise to that one that they don't sell off because, like, that's the place that summer tour season people are still going to go. But that's one of the first two to close. So I find, I mean, granted, it was never easy to get to. If you could have pulled off the highway and gone to the Christmas tree shop easily from either direction, the store would have been, you know, still doing well, I think. I don't know, but then again, you can't just pull off into Market Basket, and that store is always packed. 
But people that live on the Cape need food, so they're going to go to Market Basket. People that live on the Cape don't need to go to the Christmas tree shop. But it was part of anybody who went on vacation to Cape Cod probably stopped there. They probably found a way to get to it. But now it's closed. Well, we'll be closing. And it'll be one of the first two to do so. And I forget what the other one was. I think it was Yarmouth. Which isn't too big of a surprise because Hyannis isn't that far. And actually, Hyannis isn't that far from the Sagamore one either. But Yarmouth is where the company got its start. Yarmouth is where the original store was, which I believe was just opened by a husband and wife. I think like in a barn on their property or something. But it turned into this corporation that now has stores all over, but, you know, will start to dwindle. But anyway, I've always had this dumb little piece of trivia in my brain, thanks to my dad who told me about it, about the Christmas tree shop and the WWE. So I wrote an article about it, uh, and you can read that again at WBSM.com and on the app. But the it, it goes back to the Cape Cod Coliseum. And for some of you, that's going to ring some bells. Others are going to be like, what are you talking about? Because it closed in 1984. And I had never heard of it until my dad told me about it when I was, I don't know, probably eight, nine, ten years old when I was first super into WWF. But some of you probably went there to see concerts or sporting events. And you might not have known that the Cape Cod Coliseum, after it closed down, became the Christmas tree shop's offices and, and warehouse. And then they built the Middleborough Distribution Center. And then in, I think in 2007, they moved out of the Cape Cod Coliseum building and they moved all the offices to Middleborough, which the Middleborough campus, if you've ever seen it, it's huge. They've got even more space around it that they own so that they always could have expanded if they needed to. And if the, the company does end up, you know, closing up shop altogether, that's going to be a piece of property that I, I don't know if you find tenants anymore for something that big. But they found a way to do it with the Cape Cod Coliseum, which was 46,000 square feet. They put multiple businesses in there, and that's what's, that's what's there now. So you can see it right from the main road in Yarmouth. Probably have no idea that it used to be an arena, but it was. It was. It sat 5,000 people for sporting events. And for sports, it it only had minor league and semi-pro hockey. It had a few, you know, they would have like high school teams utilize it. The Boston Lobsters, which was a professional tennis team when they tried to have a professional tennis league in the 70s. They played four of their 20-something home matches at the Cape Cod Coliseum. Now, that team is... Most people would forget about the Boston Lobsters in the professional tennis league except for the fact that that was the first sports franchise that Robert Kraft owned. And one of the minor league hockey teams that played 
at the Cape Cod Coliseum was owned by Vince McMahon. Because Vince McMahon bought that building from its second owner. So I think if I remember the writing the article correctly, the building opened in 72. Within two or three years, they were losing money because they couldn't, they, they did very well with concerts. Concerts would fill the place up with about, you know, 6,500 people capacity. And, but 6,500 people paying five bucks a piece to get into a concert, that's not going to keep the building open year round. So they tried to get a sports franchise in there to have their home games there, but they just couldn't get anything that would stick. Mostly because, you know, those leagues never really lasted either. So the second person to own it, because he bought it in a bankruptcy, you know, uh, uh, he bought it from the bank, that person sold it to Vince McMahon, who was working for his father, Vincent J. McMahon at the time. And he bought the arena. He bought the team. He ran WWF events there. In 1982, which was three years after he bought the arena, he bought the World Wrestling Federation from his father. And he did it through a company called Titan Sports, which I didn't know until I started researching this article. Titan Sports was incorporated inside the Cape Cod Coliseum offices. So they actually created the company that became what is now World Wrestling Entertainment. It started in the offices of the Cape Cod Coliseum. And the reason why Vince used that as his home base was because he had a house on the Cape, so he would be able to just do business while he was at his Cape house. Now, I think I have a theory about it, with, well, I have no proof, but I think it was also easy to do a lot of the work that he was doing at the Coliseum because he was away from his father in New York. So he could kind of, it was probably easy to be a little bit sneaky about things and what he was planning. Because from anybody who was told the story, this this was something that, you know, it didn't come out of the blue to his father, but it was something that he didn't realize that his son had pulled together all those resources. So interesting to um, interesting to think that that could be, you know, the origin story of the WWE is so tightly tied into the the Christmas tree shop, which was already an established company by that point, but buying that building allowed them to really expand their operations. So that that building. That you might have gone to see Van Halen, Kiss, Rush, Leonard Skinnerd, The Grateful Dead. Uh, who else came through there? Uh, Aerosmith, Jay Giles Band, The Cars, Def Leppard. All of these bands that came through there. Same place that the WWF started, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. And same place that really made the Christmas tree shop, you know, a national chain. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Hanging in. What's on your mind? Um, anyway, I wanted to say something because Phil was talking about the priest thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever they do. So um, I get upset because when I was a young girl, um, I used to go to, my mother was very religious. My whole family was on my mother's side. And um, I used to, she used to make us go to catechism and then we'd go to confession with no sins on our souls. We were just little angels, you know what I mean? I Like about maybe um, 
I'm thinking, when do you do communion? What age? I don't know. Well, you don't know because you're Jewish, yeah. Um, no, I'm not Jewish, but I don't, I don't, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> what, you're not? No. No, I don't have any religion. Oh, all right. So anyway, I, um, I, I used to go to the confession. I guess I was about eight years old, maybe. That sounds right. All right. So anyway, the priest, I'll never forget his name or anything. So I, I went in the, the confessional and then he would say, I'd say, bless you, Father, for I have sinned. It's been one week from my last confession. And I'd like sit there trying to think of what I did that was wrong. Nothing, right? So maybe disobeyed my mother one time. Whatever. So then uh, my parents. So then um, he'd say to me, his name was Father John Goldwell. I'll never forget. Imagine all these years. And he had these brown, slimy teeth and um, a strings of hair that goes over his uh, top of his head. He had the uniform on the black and white. And he'd have me come from the confessional, sit on his lap and fondle me. And I had long blonde braids. And he used to call me yeah, through the bank head that I sound like Tallulah Bankhead, right? So I never knew anything about Tallulah Bankhead, but it never left my mind. And when I, when I went home, I told my mother, Ma, I don't want to go. He makes me come from the other side of the confessional to sit on his lap and, and them slimy teeth of his, oh, brown, all brown and stinking. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And my mother said, oh, he doesn't mean anything by that. And my mother thought that nobody could do any wrong when in the Catholic religion. Right. I mean, a lot of people, that, that was kind of what, what played into why this was such a problem is because nobody ever would have expected that a priest would do that. that. They thought that because they've taken the vow of celibacy that somehow those urges were gone. Well, listen, Tim, Tallulah Bankhead is a sex symbol. Mm -hmm. She's an old, uh, I looked it up. Oh, I'm, no, I'm familiar. She was bisexual. I read it um, on somebody's phone. I looked it up. And um, it, it, that wasn't right what he did to me. And um, it still stays in my head till this day, and I remember his name and everything. Why can't I get something for that? I don't I don't know how they how they determine all of that. I don't well, know how. Well, he was still fondling me. I mean, come on now, and, and forcing me to go over there behind the screen. But it's all, only the boys that get anything, you know. Well, I think it was a, I think it was a much more prevalent issue um, with the boys, but there have been some women who have come out and said that they were, you know, they were victims as well. Oh yeah, that's uh, one girl was on it was on the station. It's uh, she got something and she was uh, I don't know what happened with the priest with that. She was older than me. It was a different scenario. Well, I always, I mean, I always thought Tallulah Bankhead was was uh, you know very attractive, but now you've got me thinking differently. Well, you know what? I have the deep voice. I always had the deep voice from young. And um, still, that's not right what he did to me. And still, he was thinking dirty sex things. Think about it. I mean, a little girl and you're saying Tallulah Bankhead? Mm -hmm. Where was his mind at? Well, I mean, I would say if you, you know, if you contact some of the lawyers that are handling these cases, perhaps that could, you know, they could lead you into a better direction than I can. Yeah, but Tim, listen, another thing is they're making the church bankrupt. They should put a limit on what they get, too, because everybody's getting on the bandwagon. And and, and the priests... Well, are, they, are they getting on the bandwagon do they, or are they getting compensation for something that they suffered as a, you know, a traumatic experience? I know, but this suffered. is huge amounts, and the thing is they should put, like, a cap on it. And the priest is running free in Maine. What's up with that? Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. A lot of them get reassigned, and a lot of them are allowed to retire before they can face face any charges. It's it's been an issue, and the the church has had a lot of struggles internally with how to how to deal with it. Like, you how what? what do they I do still, about it? I still love God, and you know what? Um, 
I, I don't really like going to the Catholic Church that much, but I'll go to Mass once in a while if I can't get to somewhere else. I like Baptist, and I go to, like, South Coast. I like Listen, that kind of... Listen, people, people get mad at me when I say this, but you know who didn't go to church? Oh. Jesus. <laughs> so you can you can go and believe and, and, and have your faith, and you can worship God however you want to. All the other stuff is just stuff that's been, you know, designed around that. Yeah, I got God right here. I'm with him all the time. I walk with him. I talk to him. I, I read my my little Jesus books and my scripture, and I do it my way, but I still believe in him, and I, I, I get up every day with him and go to bed with him at night. Yeah, and I don't mean that in a flippant way, by the way. Like, I'm just saying, if, if people have faith and want to believe, that you should believe however it works for you. It's not It's not the same for everybody. Lots of people have that faith in their heart, but maybe the religion that they grow up in doesn't doesn't work for them the you know the dogma around it so they go and they find others like you said you know you find you find more comfort in in other ways of worship yeah all right i just wanted to speak my mind all right well thank you you have a good day thank you you too and uh just for for legal purposes i should i should just say that um you know i was assuming she was talking about somebody who was long past and we don't want people calling in and making criminal accusations against other people but um you know obviously she had a traumatic experience that she wanted to share. Uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in with anything. And uh, we'll also take your app chat messages on the WBSM app as well. Uh, Carol Ann in the stone, it says Falmouth. That's the other Christmas tree shop that's closing, which when you think about it, that makes sense. The Falmouth one was another one that I think was kind of like strip molly, right? It was like, if I remember correctly. And when you think about it, there was a lot of Christmas tree shops in a very close proximity to one another. Like, I don't know. Like, if you look at the Dartmouth one, I don't know where the next closest one is from Dartmouth. Um, Middleborough, right? Did Middleborough have one? I don't think so. Now that I think about it, I don't think they do. So then what's next from there? Avon? Go in the other direction, Sagamore. But you get on the Cape, it's like boom, 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 boom. There's one everywhere. Falmouth, Sagamore, Hyannis, Yarmouth. I don't know where else there were ones, but still, that's a lot. But out of all of them, the last one I would have thought that would close would be the Sagamore. I would have thought that that would be the flagship. That would be the the draw. That would be the one that they would try to keep open because think of how many people are going to pass by that store this summer. Especially even now, because the bridges are always backed up because of the work they're doing. So how many people are just going to say, ah, I'm going to get off right here and I'll take the back roads. No, oh, well, I might as well stop in the Christmas tree shop while I'm here. I'm already late. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few. Come back in uh, just to, to let you know, uh, Kate Robinson is working on a story updating you about everything that's going on over at Market Basket. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, I guess I guess the system went down yesterday. Uh, and then today, this morning, they weren't open at first, and then they were able to open, and then they were going to be cash only. And now it's business almost back to usual. Um, they just can't take debit. They can take credit, cash check. They can't take debit. But she's giving you an update on all of that coming up uh, so that you'll be able to get over there and shop. I know Wednesdays is a big shopping day for a lot of people. Um, I mean, every day is a big shopping day at Market Basket for people, but... Uh, I know a lot of folks go Wednesday midweek because that's like the middle of the week and when you might have already run out of the food that you bought on Friday. 
I just go every day. I know it's not the best way to do things, but I don't go every day. But, like, I go if I need something. I don't – I might keep a day or two's worth of food in the fridge. And I, I don't – I started doing that because if I bought a week's worth of groceries, sometimes I forgot stuff was in there. And it would go bad and I'd throw it away. So this way it's like, okay, I've only got a couple of days worth of groceries in there. And then I got to go get more. Because in, in this business, you never know what you're doing. You never know, oh, I'm just going to grab dinner while I'm out. And then, oh, I forgot I had pork chops marinating in the fridge. So um, anyway, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hey, I'll come in and talk about the Trumpster today. I mean, I try to talk about local issues, but... I mean, it's, it's, I think that there's been a lot of coverage of it on, on the, um, on the news. I mean, it is going to be under appeal too. So, uh, we'll see what happens in, in that. But I was watching one of the, uh, I just happened to be, you know, I, I was watching Celtics on DVR. And when I turn off my DVR, it's on CNN. And I saw, uh, Ellie Honing on CNN saying, you know, he thinks that they have, you know, not a better than 50% chance of getting it overturned, but at least a, you know, a, a moderate chance of it getting overturned just because of some of the issues and how it played out. Okay, I kind of figured uh, it was just it was a it, it just was uh, very enlightening to see that they found uh, him liable for at least uh, the five million dollars uh, that he has to pay her. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the defamation but, stuff is something that you enter into a uh, an issue with any time that you are you know in the public battling back allegations. So I guess that'll yeah. have to play part of it in the appeal. Is like how much of this was him actually, you know defaming her and how much of this was actually him trying to discredit what was said about about him so but when a jury finds you guilty can you have that overturned i didn't think so I, yeah I you thought, can, uh, you, no i think you can appeal it i mean this is this is a, a civil case this isn't criminal yeah in civil cases are much easier to find you guilty than you know uh regular court like such as oj right yeah we'll see i mean we'll see what happens i look at it like this is um it's you know it, I never want to take a, a a victory lap of anybody losing something like this because even if he loses there's still a victim in this case so it's not really something that you want to celebrate but at the same time like if if he's going to start to be held accountable for some of the things that he's done well maybe that kind of shows people that he wasn't always what what they thought that he was yeah okay. but you know everybody's right. going to make up their right. own mind right thanks for enlightening me on that all right you have a good day. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. You are next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. Hello. I, I have a quick question. You probably, I don't know if you know the answer, but any idea as to who is going into that number one slot for Phil? Um, I don't know. You don't know? No, but I'm 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 sure we'll have an announcement on that relatively soon because if Friday's his last day, you know somebody's got to be on Monday, right? So, yeah. um, but as soon as we know, we'll let you know. I, I, I listen to you guys every morning because of Phil. Well, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He just won't be here every day. But yeah. he'll still be here quite a bit. And listen, the way the rest of us all take time, well, I don't take time off, mainly because I, I've never been able to in any of my jobs. So it's like it's a new concept to me. So I, I have, to me, like if I'm supposed to be at work, I go. So taking a vacation is is a is a iffy thing for me and i get a lot of vacation time because you know you earn it with the time that you put in so yeah. i i never take it but now that i know that phil could be the guy that could fill in for me and i don't have to worry about anything oh yeah no i'm going to take vacation time all all the time now 
Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll let you know that uh, as soon as we know. I mean, I there's no, no announcement that's been made. But um, I'm just excited. I'm hoping that Phil takes a morning, it takes a weekend show. I'm hoping. I think that would be great. And that's nothing against, you know, people that are already there. We can we can shift around schedules. You when when the morning mayor decides that he's not going to be there every morning, but he's willing to come in on the weekends, you find a way. You find a way to make that schedule balance out, make that work. And I hope that he will do that. I'm very excited actually about like these possibilities because you know how hard it is anybody that's ever gotten up every day at that early time, I did it for years. You know, just just like Phil, I was getting up every morning and going to work in a diner. Out of the 17 years that I worked at Mill Pond, 14 of those I was an opener. So that's every day getting up and going in, you know, for at first 5 in the morning. And then I, I convinced the boss to push it back to 6 in the morning. But you still got to get there earlier to get everything ready. And it's just, it it ruins the rest of your day, really. I mean, it's great. You get out of work early. Everybody loves that. But I'll tell you this much. Phil doesn't get out of work early. The man puts in way more than a full day here. And then, you know, you're, all you're thinking about the rest of the day is, okay, I've got three hours until I have to get to bed, two hours until I have to get to bed. Oh, I should already be in bed by now. So freeing him up and giving him more time and more things that he can he can do in the community and more things he can do for us and, and not have having to go to bed by a certain time hanging over his head, that's pretty awesome. So I'm excited to see where that goes. 508-996-0500. Uh, we can read your app chat messages as well via the WBSM app. By the way, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to discuss this morning. Um, one is I'm saddened by the news. Maybe the rest of you don't care. But people of my age, of my generation, Generation X, we are probably all saddened today by the news that there is no more news at MTV. MTV News has been cut. They are disbanding the division. I don't know how much of a division it was in recent years. I mean, they've, they've made a bunch of cuts, I think about four or five years ago, and really pared it down. They were trying to be an online news source, uh, news source that would compete against BuzzFeed and Vice and all those kind of um, outlets, and it just didn't work. I don't even know if they were still doing MTV News updates on the channel because I don't watch the channel anymore because I don't like ridiculousness, and that's all that's on ever. But MTV News was a huge part of my life growing up. Top of the hour news, getting that Kurt Loder, Allison Stewart, Tabitha Soren, even into the Gideon Yago era. John, uh, uh, what was his name? John, I can't think of it. I'll think of it. But, uh, you know, all of the different folks that, that, that did the news... That's how I learned. And it wasn't always just music and entertainment news, too. Sometimes it was real news, hard news.
but you got it in that little thing. And I so last night I went down a rabbit hole of watching old MTV News newscasts and even finding old episodes of The Week in Rock, which wasn't always just about music either. But it was um, that was huge for me, shaping how I how I absorbed the news. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hey, good morning, Tim. How are you? Hey, hey, good. Thank you. Hey, just some. You just sparked uh, some thoughts in my mind about talking about getting up early, and I did the same thing when I was thirteen. Started washing dishes at a restaurant locally in New Bedford, and I was up early going to school too during the week, but. Yeah, I think getting up early is overrated <laughs> in a big way. It, no, and I, really? I mean that sincerely. Being an ex-military man, I hated it too. But and, and I do believe that it ages you because I see these people that retire and don't have to follow that clock anymore. And like Phil, I'm glad for him because you will be able to get some more rest because once again, getting up early, sometimes you roll over, you're like, are you kidding me already? And you know you've got to put that 12, 15, 18 hour a day in, in front, you know. And not only I, that, I he... He has to come in at a completely different energy level than people who are, you know, just getting up that early and doing other jobs. He has to come in full of energy and ready to wake you up, and that that's asking a lot sometimes. That's a big, that's a strong point you just made. You're right. He, he can't come in now, <laughs> like as some of us just kind of make our way through the first few morning hours in the morning, just just to get wake up. You're right. Normally, you turn on the radio. It, it's as if he's been up all night, and and. Uh, I wish him the best, of course, but about the restaurant thing, I, Tim, I, I, can, I really uh, I, I felt what you were saying because it, it is it's draining. I'm sorry. And, and I, I see people like people, the working people look like they've got beat with a stick by Friday. We really do because they're getting up at 4.30, 4 o'clock, whatever it is, some even earlier than that, obviously, 5 o'clock, 5.30. That's early, especially if you have an issue the night before where you couldn't get to bed on time. Boy, you start to feel it. If that happens on a Sunday or Monday where you don't get that full night's sleep, boy, it can just, it can basically, uh, by Wednesday or Thursday, you're already dragging, never mind Friday. So, I, I once again, I, I, I felt what you were saying, and, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm telling you, these people that retire and get their rest, they look 10 years younger. My dad <laughs> no, died no, at, at... No, no, really. My dad died in... My dad died in his late 50s. He looked like he was in his mid-60s, but he was one of those guys. He believed in getting up 3, 3.30 to go to work. But he looked his age. I mean, he looked every bit his age and then 10, 10 years and, and plus. So just my piece. Get, get the rest if you can get it, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Tim. And uh, listen, there's there's um, a lot of uh, interest that, that the younger generation has in second sleep. Uh, that's how some people refer to it as. I, there's other terms for it too. But so the idea is that for a long time, the way that mankind worked was we would get to sleep, we would go to sleep when the sun went down. And we would get up in the middle of the night for different things, and then we would go back to sleep. So there's, especially amongst, you know, the, the, generations younger than me a lot of people have adopted this they go to bed around eight nine o'clock they get up around two three in the morning keep working until around four and then go to sleep around four or five in the morning and might sleep for another couple of hours and get up and do the rest of their day i know it sounds weird i think they also might call it interstitial sleep or in, in i forget the other term for it but they they find that during that time they're very productive and the idea is that because you know going back even to caveman times we would get up in the middle of the night because that's when we could stalk a different kind of prey. 
and also because we had to keep our family safe from having anything come into the cave. And so that we're just kind of hardwired to have productive time in the middle of the night if we've slept before and after. So it's a weird thing that some people do. I don't know that I could do it. Uh, we have to take a break, but a caller saying on. We will get to you, 508-996-0500. And welcome back in. It was John Norris. That was the person I couldn't think of. John Norris. And I also left out Serena Altschul, too, uh, who has gone on to CBS News and CBS Sunday Morning. So a lot of people who were involved in MTV News went on to real news gigs from there because it, it was real news. Um, I do have to take one more break before the end of the hour. Let me do that, caller. If we can squeeze you in before the end of the hour, we will. If not, we will certainly get to you right at the start of the next hour. We'll be right back. Three. All right, welcome.